You're an all-star, get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star, get the show on, get paid. Welcome to another episode of the NRL All-Stars Podcast. This is Barnsley, back for the weekly Supercoach episode of the All-Stars Podcast. Anzac round just hit, and it was a fantastic round of footy. Always love Anzac round. It's such an important round of the year, such an important time of the year to remember the Anzacs, to um, also commemorate, but also recognise, not just back then, but also everybody that's serving for Australia. I always find it fantastic. All the pre-game stuff's awesome. Always get the goosebumps. I think the teams in the NRL all do a great job with the jerseys and all the pre-game stuff. Just, I love it. But one of the things that it does do is it makes it really hard for podcasters or content producers to be able to get stuff out because there's hardly any time in between games. So we've just had, obviously, the Tuesday games. We had Teamless Tuesday on a Wednesday this week, which meant that there is very little time to get podcasts out. So because of that... This is going to be a super quick fire one of the All-Stars podcast. I'm just going to go through real quick the round briefly and then also what the trade options are with Market Watch and some of the matchups as well. So it's going to be a lot shorter than normal. A bit of a quick fire one just so we can get a podcast out there for everyone before the round actually kicks off on Thursday night. And it also means that it's pretty much impossible for me to get a talking footy podcast out. So sorry to everybody for this week, but it's basically meant that Wednesday I've had to record two podcasts and it's just impossible for me to be able to do it. So only one podcast for the week and it is the Super Coach one. Let's start off with the good, the bad, the ugly, the Clint Eastwood segment though. And look, there was a lot to choose from in this one, but for my team, the good I probably could have chosen a couple of different players out of my side, but I'm going to just say like Joe Manu was an easy one. I could have just said Joe Manu, he scored 90 points and ended up pretty much being what everyone hoped that he would be, moving to number six jersey, so that was good. But really, for my team, the the bit of point of difference would have been Matt Burton getting 78 points. I'm pretty happy that I've held Burton. I just had him there as my second 5'8", and it just wasn't really worth trading him out. He's gone pretty well lately. I think that he's looked half decent, and getting some goal-kicking back a few weeks ago certainly helped his cause. So now he's actually got a good run of games. So 78 actually helped me out on the weekend as a point of difference in pretty much all my matchups. Uh, so that helped some of my head-to-heads a lot. The bad, geez, a few to pick here, but I am going to go for Josh Schuster. 22 points. I did start him. I did sort of have the same thought process as a lot of teams where it was like, oh, look, it's the last reserve. He's playing the West Tigers. Surely Manly carve him up. Obviously didn't happen. So that leads straight into... <laughs> The ugly, Tom Dravojevic is captain. Now, you can never really predict injury. It's It always hurts a lot when you're tossing up between two players and the other bloke and Nico Hines goes 97. If I had it on Nico Hines, my week would have been exceptionally better. Um, but as it stood, I had it on Turbo and I got the 78 points as my captain. Lowest score of the year for Dravojevic. Obviously carrying some injuries and came off with about 10 minutes to spare and uh, Manly did not look good at all in the weekend versus the Tigers. So... Pretty poor round for a few players, um, but hopefully Turbo bounces back this week now that he's actually been named. Let's have a look at Market Watch for the round. And this is super interesting because it's a really hard round. I think that just generally before we look at the players and we look at the trading, it's a round where you can really catch up. So I I sort of think that there's these mini buy rounds where they're not big buy rounds or anything, but because of circumstances... They're actually really tough rounds, like you've got more teams on a buy than what you actually do. And this one shapes up as one. Just because the Melbourne Storm's on a buy this week and have a lot of heavily owned players. And we've got a lot of injuries and also not a lot of options that are coming up. So it means that it could be a really tough week for some teams. Certainly there's positionally a lot of issues because the Storm held popular front row forward and hooker option in Harry Grant and also Christian Welsh. And what that meant was that a lot of teams don't have backups, so they're a bit hamstrung where you've got to make a trade there or play someone that's just not very good. Uh, So, you know, you get the Moalis rolled out and stuff like that. So it is a round where you can kind of make things up. There is another big round in round 14 that 
We mentioned it on the buy planning strategy segment we had a couple of weeks ago, looking towards around 13 buy. But when teams are trading, like I really, again, just reiterate to everybody that rounds like this that are tough rounds, you're going to have those outside these big buy rounds and the other one's round 14. Seriously, look at round 14 when you're doing these trades towards round 13 because uh, you've got Manly, Newcastle and the Parramatta Eels all off on a buy at the same time. You cannot afford to stock up just on those teams too much because you're going to end up in trouble. And the Eels this week are a really good example because there's a lot of Eels that are really popular and there are a lot of popular purchases this week with Parramatta and in the coming weeks. And you're just not going to be able to buy all of them. So if you're worried about those buys, you know, round 14 is going to be a killer as well. This week great opportunity to catch up. So I think it's really important what trades that you're looking at for this week. The trade-outs. Tom Travojevic, 10.2% of teams are trading him out at the moment. Look, he got his 39 on the weekend. He was obviously injured. I will say he didn't look very good before his injury, which was a bit of a concern. He just wasn't looking himself at all. Wasn't moving well. Obviously, there was a well-publicized rundown by Stefano that... uh, that occurred where Tom didn't kick away from a front row and he actually caught him and tackled him. But he's still Tom Trevojevic. He's still named this week and he's still healthy. So for me, I'm not going to trade a Tom Trevojevic playing the Gold Coast Titans. I think if he's 80%, he's still going to have potential to go well this week. I'm certainly not going to captain him, but I think that he could still very much go an 80-plus pretty easily. He's going to drop cash, so that's the other argument. But... He is somebody who is one of the top fullback options that you can own. And I'm just not sold on on getting rid of him this week versus the Gold Coast Titans. I think that he can put up a big score, win that money back over the next couple of weeks, provided he doesn't succumb to injury. So I'm kind of surprised that 10% of teams are trading him out. Like, I understand considering it. I understand some teams saying they want to conserve the money, but he's only worth 595000 at the moment. It's not like he's 800 k or something. We're going to be able to use that money elsewhere to have a massive upgrade. It's just not going to happen at his price point at sub 600. So, yeah, I'm much more on holding him. William Aubrey, the second most traded out player at the moment, and I understand that as well. One of the big things with the Storm is that they only play three out of the next five games. So missing two out of the next five is a big deal, and it is a reason that you can sort of start to get rid of some of those origin players, potentially make an argument to sell some of those guys early, like a Harry Grant, etc. Because aside from only playing three of the next five, those guys are also going to miss origin games as well and and have that origin period in between. I will say with guys like Warbrick, though, and the Melbourne Storm in general, it's important to note that it's it's a really tough period at the moment. But if you get rid of all your Melbourne Storm players, I think that you're going to find round 14, you're going to want to have had some of those guys back. From round 14 to round 27, they've only got one more buy, and it is in round 19, which means they get you through that 14 to 18 tricky period of rounds. And during that period, there's going to be a lot of different origin issues and stuff. So, I mean, someone like Eli Katoa, he's going to be missing multiple games now. So, you know, may as well talk about him too, because he's in the top few players traded out as well. I I was much bigger on holding Katoa because he has been scoring well until the last couple of weeks. And certainly that origin period, he's going to be really valuable from round 14 to round 18. Huge value in having guys like Katoa in. And you don't want to be going back and just burning a trade to get those guys back in. So I think some of these non-origin Melbourne Storm guys, you could kind of just leave in your team. And they're going to be really, really beneficial later on. The problem is that guys like Katoa now are going to miss multiple games because of his head knock on the weekend. And um, it's it's much harder to hold that sort of money. But someone like Warbrick, he does have a break-even of only 20. So I would say if you're just scrambling to get rid of Warbrick because he's not playing this week and because he's got two buys in the next five rounds... He is somebody that I think that you can just hold because he's a really handy number from round 14 onwards. And I am actually going to be holding him myself um, because there's other guys that I can trade out. And that's probably, you know, what I'd say. It's very team-specific. If you don't have anyone to trade out and you need to trade out a centre wing, it makes sense. Um, Warbrick still has some money to make, though, and he still has some pretty good coverage after this next month of football. And you can easily just bench him for, you know, a lot of it and, and roll him out during that origin period. So... Uh, certainly could be a really good hold if you've got other guys to sell. Moving right along, um, Khan Pereira, really easy one. Tohu Harris, unfortunately, got hurt on the weekend, and now he's going to be out for multiple games. He's an easy sell as well. Unfortunately, you know one of the reasons why I didn't like Tohu at the start of the season was because 
he always does this. He's always going to have these missed games. And I was really... Uh, I, I did really see the value in him at, at the origin period because he played round 13. But it's really hard to buy go, guys like Tohu so far in advance because you know that there's just such a good chance that you're going to buy him for that origin cover, for that round 13 buy cover, and then he's not going to play it anyway. And, and it's happened to me before where I bought him like a month before and he still hasn't made it to that buy. So unfortunately, it, it could happen again here. Um, Christian Welsh... Really easy sell. 490000 He is someone who is just constantly between that 50 to 55 type of range. He cannot score 60 plus to save his life. And it's really disappointing where his game's gone because he is someone who really had a great offload and just isn't offloading enough. And it's just it's an easy sell for Welsh with him not playing this week. And there is some good front row forward options that you can plug straight in that we're going to get to in a minute as well. So I totally see Welsh going out. In fact, he'd be one of my first Melbourne Storm players that I'd actually neck this week because he's just been disappointing and you may as well just cut your ties now. Nickel Clockstart. This one is another polarising one that I'm sort of going to say is a little bit like the Warbrick decision. It's an it's an easy, immediate gratification trade-out. You know, you've got someone here in Nickel Clockstart that is 545000 and he's earned some good money, $218,000 he has made you since the beginning of the season. He's been a great cash cow for us. Easy to say, look, he's going to be out for two weeks with the 11-day stand down, which is really disappointing at how that's worked because normally you wouldn't have, you know, two games within the 11-day period that they have to stand down in, but for... For him, it's going to be, so CNK is going to miss the next two matches. The glass half full stuff, though, he's actually going to cover that round 13 buy, and he has been a lot better than I think teams are giving him credit for. So if you have a look at his scores, 77, 29, and 92 are his last three, uh, and the 29 uh, was, I believe, an injury-affected game as well. And then before that, he had a 74. He, he's actually only gone uh, below 53 times in his eight games, and one of those was a 48. Uh, and he's gone 70-plus for four of his eight games. So half the time, he's gone 70-plus. He's been really good, and he's been a player who uh, I think started off as a bit of a slow burn um, with his um, second game scoring 13, and a lot of people jumped off because he was out the following week. And then he went on and scored well when he came back. I think that's going to happen again. I think that he's going to have a couple of weeks off, and then he's going to come back and score pretty well. He's going to come back for uh, the Bulldogs in round 11. He will miss round 12, but then he'll play a critical round 13, big buy matchup versus the Brisbane Broncos. More importantly, that tricky round 14 week where you've got three teams on a buy. He's going to play that, and he's going to play it against the Dolphins, and it's going to be a Mount Smart. So he's got a few games there where he can really fire and get some good points. Uh, round 17, another big buy round, he plays the, the St. George Illawarra Dragons. So it's it's one of those things where he can give you some really good coverage during that buy period if you can just wait and just have him on the side. And he's also someone, too, who doesn't have a massive break-even. He can still make more money with how he's scoring. Uh, 58 break-even. It's around about what he's scoring at the moment anyway. So he's not going to drop cash, but certainly with some of those matchups, he could make a little bit more. I think at the worst with with someone like Charles Nickel Clockstar, you can leave him there, have coverage, and sell him for the same amount of money that you can sell him for now after that coverage is spent. So I'm, I'm trying to hold him. I don't think it's a bad trade-out at all. Uh, certainly like one of those things that I said earlier with Warbrick, if you don't have anyone else to trade out or you need that cash and those moves are going to make sense for your team, then by all means jump off. But just consider if you do have other options, Chance can be a really good option uh, during this buy period. So I'm actually going to try and hold him as much as I can. Next guy out is Josh Schuster. I understand he's been terrible. He scored 22 points on the weekend with a 20 raw base. Uh, and before that, he had his 26 and 59 points. Now averaging 36 points for the season across his three games. 32 break-even. The big issue with selling him at the moment is he's only made $30,000. I know he's not playing this week. He's going to play round 13 versus Newcastle. It's really difficult to make these type of trades because they are just burnt, burnt trades, and a lot of teams have actually just brought him in the last few weeks and are selling him. I think it's a waste. At 270 thousand, you're not really going to get anything out of selling him right now. You're just not going to get anywhere. He's going to cover you around 13 by, provided he comes back. 
you'd assume with a month of footy ahead of us before round 13 hits it, he's probably going to be back for it. And that's it's going to be a pretty valuable number. They do have the round 14 buy. That might be an opportune time to sell as well. He does cover from round 15 to 18 as well, though, before having a round 19 buy. I just don't see much value in it. You, you may as well leave those cheapies that are going to cover that round 13 big buy and just leave them on the bench there to rot for a bit because you're not going to get anything out of a 270k sell, um, especially if you only just brought him in the last few weeks. Or even if you didn't, even if you started, even if you brought him in like early on in round three when he played his first game, which a few people did for a downgrade, you made $30,000. Like, just leave him there. I, I don't think it's worth it at all. And I don't really think that there's any teams that are going to be pushed to do it. With his duel, it's also really handy because at the moment you can continue to sell halves or, or second rowers or really anyone in your forward pack via all the different duels. And Schuster could keep moving around there. So... I just think that there's there's not really much point in selling him at the moment, so I'm not really seeing that one too much other than rage trading, which I totally get because I'd love to see the back of Josh Schuster, but I just can't do it. Got to leave him there. Payne Haas, this is one of those polarizing ones too, where a lot of teams will say, look, you know, I'm holding because he's the best front rower and front row forward is absolutely mud in 2023. Very valid points. There is very few good front row forward options, even if you're looking at the secondary or the third options at front row forward behind Payne Haas. There just isn't any that are anywhere near as good. Haas has been far and away the best front row forward option that you could have. But he's going to be out a couple of weeks. And then I think the important thing that you need to consider is what's going to happen during Origin because he's going to be playing Origin for sure. He's going to play all three games unless he's injured. And they might very well rest him during that period because you've got to remember Brisbane are at the top of the table. Now, they come to come into this Origin period. They're going to have the luxury of being able to roll out some teams with some rest and origin players. And I think that's going to happen with Peyton Haas for sure. At least one game, if not more. So looking at it, he's got 757,000 value that you can trade out. And there is front row forward options that are one to 200k less that are valid options to look at for the round 13 buy in particular. So I do think that this one's a good trade out. Like I think you can see the value in trading him out now, setting yourself up for round 13, potentially a little bit, but certainly giving yourself cover the next couple of weeks because, you know, you're going to have to play front row forwards and he's out for two weeks. The suspension basically sealed it for him. I think he would have been a sell um, coming up to um, after round 12 when we're going into that origin period and buy back a bit later. Uh, certainly just doing it a few weeks early makes total sense. So I'm all for that one and that's some really good cash that you can use elsewhere. The hammer going out, um, 600k. I get it. Uh, he may not play Origin, though, when they do cover that buy round. And look, he's got 31 and 44 his last two weeks. But playing Canberra, uh, it's an interesting matchup this week where he could actually score quite well. Break even 105 basically kills him, though. So understand getting rid of him despite the fact that he's going to play the buy round if he's not in the Origin camp. 600000 on the nose in price. You can do a hell of a lot with that. So good sell. Uh, when we're looking at the, the buys, the trade-ins... Tyrell Sloan, number one. And I sort of, I looked at it last week and went, well, 400K, that could be decent to get Tyrell in. It's a good downgrade where you can, you know, downgrade from a Khan Pereira or something and make $100,000 out of it that you could use very valuably somewhere else in your team. And I went, no, it it looks okay, but there was obviously other things to do last week. He's gone up 60,000 this week, so all of a sudden he's 463,000. And it becomes a lot harder to have a look at guys like Sloan, but I do think that he's an option, uh, despite the fact that he's quite expensive. He's got the negative break-even, so negative 38 break-even is a big deal. Um, But the other big thing with the Dragons at the moment is they've got a a couple of good games in a row. So the the Bulldogs are going to be really good this week. They're playing at Wynn Stadium, which really helps the Dragons. And then they're playing the West Tigers away. That's a couple of weeks of really good matchups. And the last two weeks, Sloan has gone 19.85. He does have the low games in there. So two out of his uh, seven games, he's gone 15 points. And that's, you know, a concern that's always going to be there. But he has scored four tries in his seven games, and he has had clutch attack stats in, I think, every game bar one. So while he relies on those clutch attack stats, he constantly gets them. And he looks really good this year. Like, I'm really impressed with the bounce back that Sloan has had. And the form, uh, and I did, you know, say at the start of the year, I really wanted to start with him despite the round one buy because you could see this happening with him. He's gone up a lot of cash. He's already made about one hundred and sixty-five thousand dollars, 
Uh, I think there's more money to be made, though, obviously, with a mega negative break-even. But the fact that he plays round 13, and it's, it's a really good matchup against the Dolphins, he's a valid downgrade at the moment. So you can still make, you know, one to 200k off one of your more fancy centre-wing options that you want to downgrade. And that's going to be valuable to use elsewhere to upgrade a front row forward or a hooker or somewhere where you really need a position. So I, I see a lot of value in getting Tyrell Sloan in. He's going to have some good performances the next couple of weeks probably, so he's going to be a good play. But he's also not someone that you spent so much money on that you can't just rotate in and out of your centre wing. Like, if you're wanting to bench him in, say, round 11 or 12 versus the Cowboys and the Roosters, you could do that, and you can just rotate him back in for the couple of weeks after that. You know, there's nothing wrong with that at his price point, bringing him in as a rotational centre wing to kind of uh, keep going forward, maybe until sort of round 20 even, because he misses round 16, uh, but that's the only buy that he's got between now and round 19. So round 20 is the Dragons' final buy, and that might end up being a really good time to sell because he's going to hit some harder games in that origin period, like Penrith in round 14, Souths in round 15. But again, you, you never know how these teams are going to shape up. And the fact that he's 17 to 19 rounds are the Warriors at Wynn Stadium, the Sharks away, and then Canberra at Wynn Stadium... Two out of those three games at Wynn Stadium against the Warriors and the Raiders are really good matchups for him, and it's in a really difficult point of the season too. So he can become a really, really important rotational piece that's definitely got that 90-plus sort of upside uh, when the, the Dragons actually fire. And look, people will say the Dragons aren't a very good team, they aren't playing that well. Yeah, look, it's true that they're not going to make the top eight, they might be near the bottom few teams at the end of the year, but that's been the case all year, and he's still averaging 58 points. And he's still got those games like the last two weeks where he's gone 85 and 90 and had bulk clutch attack stats. I, I, I reckon that it's a pretty good trade in. I can see it. So let's move along to the second one. Uh, Fanil Blake, 5% of teams are trading him in at the moment. A couple of little flags with Fanil Blake just for people to see. Now, I know that front row forward isn't very good and, and we're all scrambling. I'm scambling to get a front row forward in this week as well for Welsh. But on the weekend, he played 71 minutes. Uh, he scored 102 points, and that included his try. He scored a try two weeks in a row. Uh, I'd also say that that probably means that he's not going to be going on a try-scoring spree the next few weeks. It's unlikely he's going to keep getting tries. But the minutes is a big thing. Like The 102 points is super inflated. He had a 61 raw base on the weekend. you got to remember that Tohu Harris went down, and the Warriors had other issues as well. And that made a big difference to his minutes. He played 71 minutes. Before that game on the weekend, he's averaging sub-50 in minutes. So, you know, you can pick him for around 50-ish in minutes, potentially. Um, certainly, with Tohu Harris gone, maybe that means he gets an uptick of a few minutes. But he's probably still going to be tapped out at that sort of 54-minute range. So, if he's 54 minutes, what's that going to look like in points? Maybe he's going to average 60-ish. You know, that's probably where it ends up being. Uh, I think that it's an okay buy. The problem is that uh, whilst he's going to make a little bit of cash, um, he's still going to cost you 605000 I think the price point for me is a big thing to get around. I think if you're getting on him and he was around that 500 k mark, there'd be a huge amount of value there at someone with a small negative break-even. But at the moment, it just seems as an okay buy. Um, and once you know he makes a bit of cash the next couple of weeks, he's probably going to play that round 13 buy and lose cash because he'll come start coming back down to earth when the 79 and the 102 roll out. His other games this year, like if you go before the last two weeks, I think it's really important to have a look at what he's done. His non-try scoring games have been 47, 67, 54, 38, and 52 points. Now, if you're trading Welsh to him and you've been really disappointed with how mediocre Welsh has been, I think that you're going to get a lot of games from from Fenua Blake that's going to remind you of Welsh. I think it's going to be some real similar ones there. Uh, he does have the ability to score more tries than Welsh does, but he's already scored three in the first eight rounds of footy. Uh, I can't see him scoring a huge amount of more tries, especially in the immediate future. So, you know, if you do get him and he scores, congratulations, you got lucky. I just think for 605000 I'd rather some other options, and I'm going to talk about those shortly. Robert Jennings and Jared Croker. Now, obviously, two, t- two players that everybody's looking at for downgrade options. Um, I'll just point out that... We've got Xavier Savage coming back. Uh, Kotrich has to come back as well. When that happens, Croker will be gone. That could mean that Croker doesn't even cover the round 13 buy. So something just to be aware of. Uh, Robert Jennings as well. He's got his own problems. 
Tessie knew he's going to come back and look. He's. I thought that he was playing really well for the Dolphins. Tessie knew. So even though Robert Jennings is a really easy downgrade at two hundred sixty-seven thousand, and certainly has a nice break even at minus twenty, you might only get a game or two out of him, and then all of a sudden he's out, and he's not going to come in that round thirteen by unless they have injuries or Origin players potentially, and he's just going to sort of sit there not making enough money either. So it's a bit of an awkward one. I know teams are really scrambling to try and find these downgrade options. You, you could do it. I just think that you need to understand the risk that you're spending 267000 on Jennings, who, who might get up to about 340000 and then not be in the team anymore. What do you do with him then? You know, you're just going to sort of consider these things coming up to that big buy, especially. Joey Manu at number five completely makes sense. Uh, he's got another week this week where he's going to be playing number six, and he's also going to be doing it uh, against the New Zealand Warriors. Not the easiest matchup because the Roosters are going to be playing away. Uh, and certainly the Warriors gave him a good game at the start of the season. I do think that Joey will step up against the Warriors, though, and we'll see another 80-plus type of performance. So certainly a lot of value at 610000 to get him in your side. When we're having a look at last week, even, um, he was just he did everything that you hoped for. You know, you're hoping that when he's going to get into that number six jumper, he's going to have a heap more touches, which is going to result in huge tackle breaks and some offloads. He got one offload, but he got 11 tackle breaks. And he also obviously got the line break and try. That's what you're, that's what you're paying for it, for Joey Manu at number six. Now, he could go back to center the following week. Um, that's that's a possibility for sure. But I certainly think it's worth paying just for the points at the moment. Maybe if you get a couple of weeks out of him at six, you know that's certainly going to be enough value to constitute buying him now. Certainly last week was the best time to buy because you're going to get that Dragons game in there as well. So after this week, I think you, you almost put the line through him just because it's going to be any week, I reckon, that Sam Walker's going to come back in the side. But goodbye for this week. Joseph Tarpany, 640000 really obvious buy for your front row forward spot. Someone like Christian Walsh to Tarpany is a hugely popular trade this week. I was looking at the same trade for months, guys. I was going to go Tarpany all season. This was going to be the week that I was going to look at it because his minutes really should be going up. Um, and you, you really should start to hit some more form. I looked at his numbers, and it's just, it, it's really hard because he's still 640,000. He's still got a break even in the 70s. And look, he's got a couple of good forward pack matchups against the Dolphins at, at Canberra this week, and then he's got the Bulldogs away. But he still was 50 minutes on the nose last week. Uh, well, so, sorry, in round seven, I should say, before the bye. This is getting towards the time that you're hoping that he's going to go to sort of that 53 to 56 minute range. Uh, maybe that's going to happen this week. But the big thing that was a worry for me is one of the reasons why he was so good last year where he averaged 66 points and was averaging like 75 plus for the second half of the year was because he had bulk base attack. His offloads and tackle breaks were through the roof. And look, his tackle breaks have been good the last couple of games. He's gotten 13 and 10 points in tackle breaks. That's been good to see, but his offloads have largely not been there. He actually has not offloaded all season until that last matchup in round seven. So if that's his first game offloading, uh, that's a big concern for me because if he doesn't have his offloads going, he, he becomes quite meat and potatoes with a couple of tackle breaks, and unfortunately that's just not going to score great. But he's still someone scoring 62 points this year, and it is one of those things where I think that you almost have to pay a premium for the position. You have to just sort of say, look, front row forward's just a terrible position. There is just nothing there this year. It's one of the worst years for front row forward. Take Payne Haas out, and you'd rather not own any of them. But if Tarpany is the best guy to own, then you're probably paying 80k over what you'd hope for based on his output. But at 640000 you just pay that just to have the best option available. Very good argument just to do that. Whilst he hasn't set the world on fire, he's also had a very good floor. He's got no score below 57 in his six games this year. And you can pretty much bank on him going 50s and 60s, even when he's not having the offloads and not getting any clutch attack. So I still see him as a good buy. It's just a bit expensive. So I might actually wait. I'm not too sure yet. I have to decide. But it's still a really good replacement. I just temper your expectations that maybe we won't see the 2022 Tappany for a few more weeks, or maybe we won't, we won't see him at all, depending on how Canberra decide to manage things. So, a bit of a concern there, but I, I do see him as a pretty good buy. James Tedesco, uh, seventh most trading player. He's now at 567000 You'd be hard-pressed to find any year where James Tedesco is that cheap. He scored 75 on the weekend. 
Um, pretty decent score going 75. There wasn't actually that many fancy fullbacks that went better. Um, obviously, with Turbo flunking with a 39. Good matchup for him against the Warriors. But, you know, one of the big things to really keep in mind of Tedesco... I was pretty big on getting him last week if you wanted to get him in. Um, I think getting that Dragons game in there was pretty important. He's got a run now of the Warriors. Um, the Cowboys, though, it is at home at Allianz. Then the Panthers away, and then the Dragons in round 12 away. So look, that's a couple of good matchups in the next four. Obviously, Teddy's going to play Origin, though, and you have to consider that. I think one of the, the good things with the Roosters is because they're not cemented into the top the top two, and certainly not, not cemented into the top four, they're going to need to win these Origin games. And they're also a bit thin on troops at the moment. Like you can see this week, they've drafted Corey Allen to, to start on the wing. Daniel Tupo's out with a bad hamstring, and that's going to continue for a while. It's uh, it's one of those stories for the last three years for the Roosters, as we've said, where they've had constant injuries. Uh, because of where they are on the, on the ladder, I think that they're going to have to play their best team throughout Origin. And what that means is that Teddy might play through it. So... That's probably the upshot for, for James Tedesco at the moment. You are going to miss him for those Origin games, but he's a decent chance at backing up because I think they're going to need him to because they're going to need those wins. His base on the weekend was the highest that it's been all year. He had a 36 raw base, uh, and that really helped him on the weekend get that 75 and obviously had his first try of the season as well. So I certainly think that there was signs against the Dragons uh, that he's rounding back into some form. Uh, his average went from 46 on the year to 51 just from that game. And he's going to get into an average in the 60s. Uh, certainly, I don't think that he's going to get to the last few years where he's gone 79, 87, and 95 as an average. But at the moment, paying 567000 if you can get a 65 to 70 average out of him, that's a pretty good deal. Uh, I do think that there's a chance that he can go 70-plus as an average for the year. And if he does that, he's going to have to have a couple of big games. He still hasn't had a ton yet. So if you can get James Tedesco in at the moment where he's at 10% ownership, and he throws up a ton against the Warriors. Yeah, that's a pretty good pod play this week. So I don't. I see him as a good buy. Um, you just have to be aware of the risks that, that Origin is going to present to you uh, when you hit that period. Stephen Crichton. A few percent of coaches are getting Crichton in. And 578000 is just so expensive for Stephen Crichton for me because he's been so ordinary all year. When you go through the scores, you know, you're looking at the bad ones. He's got an 18 in there. He's got a 40 and he's got a 33 and a 50. Uh, those are four out of his seven games where he's gone sub 50. Um, that's not great reading. He's got two big ones in there of 85 and 140, 48 and a solid 66 in there. The 148 last week was massive against Souths. I think that the big thing with buying him at the moment is he's only in 3% of the teams at the moment. So he's not going to be hugely owned even after a few more percent jump on. He's got a minus 14 break even, so he's going to make some cash for you. But play the West Tigers. Now, I know that we all thought last week, oh, look, Manly will carve the West Tigers, and it didn't happen, and the Tigers actually played pretty admirably, uh, especially in the conditions and everything. They grinded it out. Yep, sure, the Tigers didn't present the super coach points last week that we all hoped for. But the Manly Seagulls are not the Penrith Panthers. The Penrith Panthers could absolutely put the West Tigers to the sword, and if they do, you know, Crichton could end up with another ton this week. And you could get 100-plus out of him this week and then a really good score the following week against New Zealand. Uh, so, look, I I get getting Crichton in. Um, one of the other things, too, is that if he does keep it up for a little bit of a run, then you're sort of hitting post-round 13. He plays that critical round 14 period, which is tricky. And in round 14, he plays the Dragons, which is another really good matchup. Um, the, the Penrith Panthers do miss round 19, but you'd be selling him before that anyway. So certainly as a strike pod in your, in your center wing, you know, Stephen Crichton might be a, um, might be a solution. I, I think at worst, what he is, is his short term points the next couple of weeks. It's going to be some really valuable points and you could make, um, 70 to 80 K out of him pretty easily. If he has some real big games, you could easily make the hundred K plus, Probably what you need to say to yourself is, look, are you going to be disappointed if you have to sell him for you know, 70K profit? And I think that if you balance selling him at not that 100K plus level by getting some points that you're buying, and you can just pay for points and say, look, I'm going to pay for an 80 average over the next two weeks from a strike center win owned by only 6% of coaches. If you want to do that, you know, it makes total sense. So I see it there. I'm certainly not a must or anything like that. Um, I think that he probably should still remain a pod, but could really work out in the short term and maybe even in the long term. The big gauze, 
at the Cowboys. Ninth most traded in player. 246,000. Still the starting edge back row for the Cowboys. Minus seven break even in 1% of teams. Look, the guys has not gone well in previous years. We've seen him get opportunity at the Manly Seagulls as a starter, and he's really done not much at all with it. Uh, he may very well start and not make much money at all. Um, you might get to round 13 and he's back to his starting price, uh, even though he's going to cover that buy. That's something that you've got to be aware of. But there's very few downgrade options at the moment. So I do get it as a downgrade. There just, there just isn't much there. So, I mean, if you want to downgrade someone to to the gauze, you, know, you could go for it. Last two weeks, so he's gone 47 and 34. That's, uh, that's pretty poor points for an edge back rower. It's starting and getting bulk minutes. He did only play 65 minutes in round 7, uh, 80 minutes last week. If he keeps getting the 80 minutes, I mean, look, it, it's hardly any investment at all, so it does make some sense to use that cash elsewhere. Dylan Brown. I uh, I was looking at maybe getting him in this week. Um, pretty good matchup against Newcastle this week, 640,000. He's basically bottomed out. He's got a break-even at 65. He's only in 15% of teams, which I found quite interesting because I thought that he'd be higher owned than that, especially... Um, leading into the buy now and the fact that Parramatta has started a pretty good run of games. So it is one of those things where he's super consistent. The last three weeks, he's gone 63, 60, and 67. Not a bad score there. But it was a run of games where he had the Tigers, the Bulldogs, and then a harder game against the Broncos. Those Tigers and Bulldogs games, you kind of expected that to be a really good run starting for Parramatta, and it was for other players in Parramatta jerseys, but it just wasn't for Brown. He still just went his solid 63 and 60 points. That's a disappointing thing. He just doesn't seem to have these bigger scores. Round two, he went 105 versus the Sharks and then 88 against the Manly Seagulls. And since then, it's been really mediocre with his five games being between 47 and 67 points. And that just sort of seems to be his range. 67 on the weekend was actually high for him. Uh, and that's that's disappointing when you're paying 640000 for a guy that showed so much upside and promise last year. He's obviously got great base. He always has. He's not going to give you a bad score. Uh, and that's the positive. Uh, the negative at the moment is that we're still waiting for those big ones, and you're kind of thinking, look, they have to come. Surely he starts getting some tries. Surely starts he starts getting some more clutch attack. Uh, I did think that it was going to happen a little bit more once we got Lane back, uh, but Lane's been back a couple of weeks, and we still haven't really seen it. So still hasn't scored a try this year, though, and you've got to bank on guys like him are obviously going to go across the line. So I really like him as a buy this week. He's got Newcastle... At home at Combank Stadium, and that's a big deal. That it's at Combank Stadium, obviously for the Parramatta Eels, and then he hits the Gold Coast Titans and the Canberra Raiders, Souths, and then he's got uh, the North Queensland Cowboys. But that's at home at Combank against the Cowboys. The Cowboys are obviously struggling, and they're going to have players out for Origin. So that's a really good matchup there. So I'd say like four out of his next five matchups are premium matchups. It's a really good run for the Eels. It's a fantastic time to get Dylan Brown in. I would bet on him getting his try in the next couple of games. I'd even say he's going to get multiple tries in the next few-week run. So I really like buying him this week at 640000 It's also going to set you up for the buy. Um, I'm going to try and do it myself and try and find the cash, six hundred forty k. Need to find it somewhere, though. Let's have a look at the games quickly. Uh, so we're going to go through quick fire. Sharks versus the Cowboys. A um, few interesting ones here, though. I'm going to just pinpoint some pods in this one because I think that there's a lot in there. One of the guys that you can get in for some coverage from this Cowboys team, a lot of people are looking at Hooker going, who do I get in? And there obviously isn't very many options, and Grant is on the buy this week and also going to play Origin. Uh, look, going for uh, Reese Robson at the moment. Reese Robson has been a bit disappointing this year. He still averaged 60 points a game, though, uh, and that's only four points off what he averaged last year in his breakout, though last year he's, he's real average when you take out the games that were sub-80 and, and the poor start to the year. His real average should have been 70 plus. So you can say he's probably 10 points off where you'd expect him to be. But in saying that, he scored 69 points on the weekend with his second try of the season. Uh, 44 base was solid. Uh, Had some tackle breaks in there as well. He's going to get you a 55 base-base attack. Now, that's a decent floor. And when you have a look at their run coming up for the Cowboys, they haven't been playing well. The Sharks this week, there's no getting around it. It's going to be really hard. They've got the Sharks away at Points Bet Stadium. Uh, then they've got the Roosters away at Allianz. That's two really tough matchups for the, the Cowboys. They may not very they may not go very well. That's you just got to live with that if you need a hooker this week. Um, unfortunately, if you didn't need a hooker this week, he'd be much more of a buy in round 11. So round 11, the Cowboys go St. George at home 
And then they're away for the Tigers. And then they've got the Eels, who are going to have a few out with Origin, potentially, in round 13. Uh, although the Eels are someone who is a good team that may not have a lot of Origin players, which is unusual. So really, you're looking at some of those forwards probably being in Origin. But it's still a round 13 cover that's going to be a bit of a premium one. And the other thing with Reese Robson is, as well, nobody owns him. He's a couple of percent owned. He's somebody that you can get in and um, and probably roll with throughout Origin. Uh, I, last year, went on a really good run with Reese Robson by training Harry Grant to Reese Robson at this point of the season. I banked on Robson being able to outscore Harry Grant for, for a two-month period last year, and it ended up working out, and it paid off really well. Now, Robson doesn't look the same. The Cowboys don't look the same. So maybe you're not going to be able to get that from him. Uh, but I do think he's an option, and he's one that's going to be hugely pottish. Uh, but they do have multiple buys coming up. So it's really good that you can get Robson in now and not have a buy until round 15. Also covers that tricky round 14 one that we've spoken about. But round 15, he's got a buy, and then round 19, he's got a buy. So becomes a bit tricky after that. It's one of those ones where you might sell, sell him in round 15, but he's going to give you decent cover until then. Other good thing about Robson, though, at 585000 is he's not going to break the bank. So he is someone that you could potentially just leave as your second hooker. He pairs really well with Harry Grant. So if you can manage Reese Robson and Harry Grant combo, uh, I think it pairs well. And also you can just keep that for the run home because uh, whilst the round 19 and round 24 buys are really tough for the Cowboys, obviously if he's your second hooker, it's okay. And their buy isn't too bad. So you know, I, I really like that as a, a bit of a pod move if you're really searching for a hooker. The other pod moves are all on the shark side. Now, this shark side is going to come in with a, a pretty good draw coming up. They're not going to play that big round 13 buy, which is tough. But in saying that, they've got some great options that you can look at. They're going to play the Dolphins after this Cowboys game and then hit Manly away and then hit Newcastle. Uh, so not a terrible run of games. Uh, and then they're going to obviously have that round 13 buy and also the round 17 buy. Guys like Katoa... Uh, a, a potential downgrade option. Katoa is only averaging 46 points for the year, so he's on $500,000 to bring in at the moment at a price point. That's really cheap. He's 1% owned. Um, he averaged 60 last year. So he's 14 points below what he averaged last year. If you have a look at his form guide, 2021 he averaged 58, 2020 he averaged 59. Looking at the past years is really important because he's really consistently between 58 to 60, with, and that's very little variation for three years of footy for him. That's really important to note because if he's averaging that consistently for three years and he's only doing 46 at the moment, you can pretty much guess that he's going to get to sort of that 58 to 60 type of range on an average for the season. To do that, he's going to have to start scoring some big scores because that's how you get your average up. Now, even if he only gets to a 55 average, which would be unusual for him, uh, it's going to be off the back of some big scores coming. And he's well positioned to get some of those big scores the next couple of months. So at 500,000, he's just sort of one of those center wings that you can grab in for a run. And he is a real pod one as well. Uh, but the, obviously the big one is going to be Militalo. So Militalo is the premium one to buy in that back line. He's coming off really good scores this year. Uh, but the last two weeks, 67 and 61 points. The 67 was with a 33 raw base, which was his highest of the year against the Bulldogs. And it, he did that without a try as well. Um, after going for a try or more in five straight games. Round one, he scored nine points, which was terrible. Since then, he has not scored below 60 points every single game. 60, 70, 96, 82, 61, 67. You want a consistent center wing that is not highly owned? Ronald Militalo is your answer. He is a fantastic buy at the moment. I'm pegging him to have a really good week uh, this week and the coming weeks as well. I actually quite like the Sharks for a run coming up. And uh, he's he's a really good buy, but at 703,080 break even, it might just be too hard for teams to be getting him in. And, and this is where it's a bit luxurious. Like, you are going to struggle to get him in in a couple of weeks because the Sharks don't play round 13 and they have another buy in round 17. Uh, so he, the Sharks players really position themselves as a, either a now buy or a round 18 buy. So if you can get on some of these guys early and get their run, you're, you're going to get bulk. Uh, pod points that other people aren't going to be able to jump on because the buyers are going to hold them off. So, Ronnie Militalo, he, he's my pick out of the shark side as far as the um, pods go. Uh, I know a few people have sort of looked at Jesse Ramian. He's got 119 break even, and he's just going terrible. So, I had a couple of questions about Ramian. It's the only reason I bring him up. 
just couldn't go near him. He's got 33 and 31 points the last two weeks, and he just he does not look good at all. 620,000. He's not far enough from Mulatalo to even consider him. He's got 119 break-even, and he's well far enough away from Katoa, uh, and he's playing worse lately than what Katoa is, so I don't like it at all. As far as the game goes, everyone would sort of look at this and just go, wow, you know, doing the VC option on, uh, on Nico first game, sign me up. Problem is that uh, if you do that, you've got to remember that you can't captain Nathan Cleary. And that's going to be the big deal with this one. Nathan Cleary as a captaincy option against the Tigers is going to be a huge one. Uh, but maybe the pot option, you know, because people are going to be on Cleary, the pot option might be the VC. Uh, I think you could straight C, Nico. He's that good at the moment that you could just go the straight C. And if you do, it's a huge pot option. But it's one that I wouldn't talk anybody out of with how he's going. Hines has been on fire. He just seems to do 80s and 90s with these. He could... At points bet stadium, easily do 100-plus against the Cowboys. So, really like that one. Uh, one of the Sharks I didn't mention in the forward pack as an option um, because I do think the Sharks are a really important team to look at for the coming rounds. Uh, Nikara has gone 77 average this year. Uh, I said a few weeks ago that I'm not quite sold on paying all the money for him because he's done this before and he always inadvertently drops down and the form just never continues. Um, look... There's no denying it now. He's only got two games that are sub 80 plus out of the seven games that he's played. He's won 46 points, 92, 81, 98, 54, 84, 87. He scored four tries in his seven games and he's had a really good raw base for an edge back row at 46 per game. But his base base attack brings him to 65 plus. So... His floor is just too good, and with what he is doing at the moment, and with the fact that he's just 25 years of age, you know, I'm prepared to say maybe this is a bounce back to Nakora, and he's improved and he's developed, and he's going to be one of the premium second rowers. He looks like he could be, and with three of the next four games at home at Point Spent Stadium for the Sharkies, then uh, you know it's it might be really hard to um, to not look at Nakora, but 745,000 is a really expensive price point if you can afford him. Uh, certainly he could keep going on the run. I can't afford him and I just can't do it at the moment. I'm going to have a look at him in round 18 when the Sharks are finished with their buyers. Uh, but certainly, it, you know, he's one of those pot options that you could definitely look at at the moment because he's been on fire and we haven't talked about him enough. Certainly I haven't talked about him enough on this podcast. Um, moving along, let's quickly look at the Eels and the Knights for this one. Look, I don't think that there is huge options uh, as far as the, the VC and the C options go. Um, so I'm, I'm going to skip over this one quickly because we want to get through the um, the podcast fast this round. I will say that Jermaine Hopgood, uh, starting at 13, um, also, also remains interesting now. I did get some questions on Greg, and I just sort of said, look, even though he's starting, I just don't see him being able to play big minutes. He's never been a guy that's been able to go you know over 40 minutes in game time. I still think he's probably only going to play 35 minutes and score 33 points a game. It's just not going to be worth it to get him in. I think the big beneficiaries from Campbell Gillard being out, you know, I think you're going to see Junior Paulo play bigger minutes. His minutes have gone lower the last few rounds, uh, and before that he was playing much bigger minutes. I think you're going to see him playing bigger minutes. I think you're going to see Jermaine Hopgood playing bigger minutes again now, starting at 13 in the middle. And I think, even more importantly, Bryce Cartwright's on the bench. I think you're going to see Cartwright come on for Madison earlier than normal. And I think you're going to see Madison play bulk minutes in the middle as well now. So I certainly think that it's going to be some of those other guys. So if you own a Madison, you're probably going to get a little bit of an uptick. Um, if you still own a Hopgood, you're going to get a big uptick. If you're looking at someone like Greg, I just don't think it's going to be worth it whatsoever. So I, I just wouldn't go anywhere near it. Um, but I do like this matchup for everybody in the back line. I'm really looking forward to it. I think we could get... A lot of points. We do know that Combank Stadium is um, the Eels' favourite place to play by far. They score way better at Combank than anywhere else. So, you know, if you've got Eels players in this one, maybe a sneaky VC if you're going to see Cleary and you can't VC Hines. Maybe it's on the cards. Um, But, you know, I'm I'm going to go elsewhere. Broncos and Rabbits. Geez, you know, everyone's starting to jump off Reese Walsh after one bad game, um, but it does look like a tough matchup. I think that the, the key things to point out here is that without Mam and without Payne Haas, uh, I think it's going to, one, put a bit more pressure on Walsh and Reynolds, and two, it's going to put huge pressure on the forward pack. I think that pretty much everyone I've had on, and certainly in the preseason when we're looking at the Broncos team, we sort of said, look, if, without Carrigan and Haas, you know, the Broncos are really going to struggle in the forwards. Those guys are going to have to, you know, really carry their forward pack. 
And they really have. So without Haas, I think that they're going to really struggle against the Rabbits. Um, I like the Rabbits in this one. And certainly if you're looking at... I think that if you're looking at a real uh, left field VC option um, or a big balls captain option, I'm even going to say it. You know, I think Latrell Mitchell could carve up the Broncos this week. Um, I just got a feeling about it. And I just think that the Broncos with those outs could really struggle. Uh, and Mitchell is now coming off three games in a row where he's gone 146, 121, and 102. Three tons in a row, and I certainly was the same boat as everybody, where last week it was the Penrith Panthers, and you just sort of thought, look, he's not going to do this against the top teams. He's not going to do it against Penrith, where he can go 100+. plus. He's gone three weeks in a row, 146, 121, and 102. Didn't matter that he was playing the Panthers. And I actually thought he was quite involved last week, uh, and I really liked what I saw from Latrell Mitchell. So if I owned him, I would highly consider... A VC, and certainly I think that you could get a massive jump on everyone if you went the captaincy because I'm going to pick him for 100 plus this week. His max score against the Broncos is right up there with his top ones. It's the fifth best one that he's got, and it's 138 points. And the Broncos, forever and a day, um, have given up bulk points to opposing fullbacks. Bit different this year. Broncos are obviously going a lot better. Love Latrell this week. I reckon he's going to go great guns. So if you got him, I'm super jealous. Next game of the round, uh, we've got the Raiders and the Dolphins. Uh, I don't mean to skip over this one quickly, but I am going to. There is two Raiders that I'm going to mention that I've been looking at. Hudson Young, I hope to see a little bit more of, and I was looking at um, pinpointing this week as a potential buy. I just can't do it now because of the other options that I need to fill uh, with front row forward and hooker. But he's been going really solid, and I think that if you looked at his scores, you'd go, oh, look, you know, a five-round... Average of 64, that's pretty good. Nothing below a 55. Four of the last five have been 60-plus. It's been good. The problem is um, he's got three tries out of his last four games, and he's still not going massive with those tries. And that's sort of been the case before. Last year, he averaged 67, and a lot of that was propped up by tries. But he's only averaging 54 this year, a lot of it propped up by tries. Um, 64 is a few points off in his last five rounds where you'd consider him averaging when he's scoring those tries. So, being a bit below Dolphins and the Bulldogs the next two weeks, I think that that uh, helps him out. I think that's a couple of good weeks of some edges that he could run against and score some tries against still. So, he's a bit of a, a dark horse one. He's certainly going to cover that by if he doesn't get drafted into Origin. But the real interesting one here for me is I mentioned I wasn't that impressed with, with Tarpany paying 640000 but there wasn't anyone better. I am... Almost 100% getting Corey Horsburgh in this week. Uh, he's gone 62 and 56 the last two weeks that he's been starting before the bye. He played 71 minutes in each of, each of those games, which tells me that he's probably going to continue with 71 minutes. The Raiders pack has been the rotation um, pretty solidly for two weeks straight, and it's also had CHN on the bench. He was the 13 before, and that's worked out well for them. I don't think they're going to change it. And obviously there is an origin push for Horsburgh, but when you're going through the team that the Queensland origin side had last year, it seems unlikely that he'll break into it. It is a risk. He might break into it, but it seems unlikely. So he might be one of those guys that sort of brought into camp for a bit of experience and stuff, but then he's released to play for his club because he doesn't actually play origin. Uh, I, I can see that happening. But that means he is going to cover that round 13 bye. Two really important things with Corey Horsburgh for this week. This is a week to get him because he's got a 24 break even, but he's 481,000. So you can actually sell Welsh to him and make about 10K. Uh, so it's a downgrade from Welsh money wise. And he's somebody who is a second row forward, front row forward dual. So something I've discussed with a few people is look, you can get Corey Horsburgh in, even if you've got Tappany in already and you want a second one, you can get him in even though it's two Raiders because you've got the luxury of being able to move Corey later on back down to your second row forward spot and get a different front row forward in during the, the buy and origin period if you want to. So I really like the flexibility with Horsburgh, but I also really like the price point. Like if you can get with within a couple of points of what Tappany is going to score, but you're going to do it for $160,000 less investment, that's really important at the moment, especially with what you need to do to your team the coming weeks to prepare for those buys. So Corey Horsburgh, love as a buy this week. Um, three out of the next four at home, as we said, and it's a pretty good draw that's going to lead into a round 13 game against a, um, a pretty decimated South Sydney side. So I'm getting the horse in this week. That's going to be my front row forward coverage. Moving along, we've got the Manly Seagulls and the Gold Coast Titans. 
Tom Trevojevic has been named. That's really important. Um, the big important news out of this one as well, though, is that Ruben Garrick has been moved to centre. I've seen some teams say that they want to sell him straight away. Some really experienced coaches and other really good podcasters have said that as well, and I completely understand because, you know, he's not going to be as good as at centre. He relies on getting those turbo passes, especially in getting those tries. You want him scoring bulk tries. I do think that it's uh, premature. There's no way I'm selling him. There's a couple of big differences as well. Um, one of them is that even though he's going to centre, he's still going to be goal-kicking. And the other one is that they've got three games in a row at home. And the first one at home is the Gold Coast Titans this week. Merely looked terrible last week. I thought they were really bad. Uh, but playing the Gold Coast Titans at four points, there's going to be a lot of points in this one. Even at centre, I can see him going over for a try. But at a minimum, he's still going to be goal-kicking. He could easily still ton this week. Like, I could still see a 100-point score pretty easily. Obviously, his base is going to be up. He's going to get a lot more tackles in as well. So, you know, I, I'm pretty I'm pretty keen on holding Garrick. I think that he's in for a good one this week, actually, and a bit of a bounce back. Uh, and he obviously plays around 13, so you, you have to consider that. If, you, if you're going to jump off Garrick just because he's playing centre and he's got 136 break-even, you know, he, he's playing Newcastle in round 13, which is a really important buy round, where you're not going to have premium centre wing options. And he's in centre this week. Look, what happens if Turbo goes down? Um, or what about when we get to round 13, if they decide that they want to put Ruben Garrick at fullback? You know, there's a lot of different things that can happen. He can move pretty easily. Um, I am going to pinpoint a real ultra pod for the Manly Seagulls. Um, certainly a draft option. Uh, I, I looked in draft for Jason Saab last week. 408000 he's a little bit expensive, 24 break even, and that's not low when you consider his first two games of the year were 29 and 22. But last week he scored a try and scored 75 points, looked a lot better, playing in the Gold Coast Titans at home. Ultra, ultra potish, um, has a decent run coming up as well. Certainly for, for draft, I reckon he's a great one to jump in and, and just rotate in your centre wing and certainly play this week. Um, probably a bridge too far at 408000 for classic, though. Uh, when we have a look at this one, obviously, normally you'd be looking at, well, Tom Travojevic's captaincy option. Don't think you can do it. Um, but in saying that, he's being heavily sold at the moment. So I wouldn't captain him. It's way too risky. He doesn't look right. But against the Gold Coast Titans playing at four pines, can easily see him having a big game still. So I am going to slap the VC on him, potentially. You've got Nathan Cleary playing directly after it. You've still got time to put in a quick loop if you need to. So plan ahead. Have a look at it. But I do think that there is some value in having a look at that um, as a pod VC option. Panthers-Tigers, there has been some rumours that uh, the Panthers would rest some players. Uh, there was an article uh, today saying that Nathan Cleary has been cleared to play from that uh, small leg complaint that he had. So I think he's going to be fine. I think that the issue that you might have with Nathan Cleary is that maybe he gets rested early. That could happen as well, but if it does, it means they're up a lot and he's probably already scored well. The bigger question is, does Sonny um, Taruva stay in? Because Taruva, I was holding for this matchup especially. I thought that he could go really well this week. and He was looking really great last week. He had a really good score considering he hadn't scored a try. And then all of a sudden he went down with what looked like a sniper shot. He just he twisted his ankle in the grass with no one near him and he had to come off with uh, seven minutes to spare. Scored 45 with 29 in raw base and no try there. Uh, it was a good outing for him. Uh, I'm hopeful that he's going to play this week. He has been named. He's a really good player this week. He could definitely score a try against the Tigers and, and get a 70-plusser. So I'm looking forward to that. But Nathan Cleary, I think that people might overthink this one and might not put the C on him uh, and might sort of look elsewhere. That might mean that it could be really juicy Nathan Cleary captaincy numbers because you will never really see Nathan Cleary, Cleary low captained against West Tigers. And this might be a week where it's one of the lower um, captain percentages that he gets when he's playing the West Tigers. So I love jumping on him. Tyrone Peachy is the other downgrade option in this one that's sort of come up. 289,000 starting centre. I I just can't believe that they're going to start Tyrone Peachy at centre, to be honest. So that's why I can't get around it for 289,000. I just think that you're going to get someone like, I don't know if Jenkins can come in or some of these other guys. There might be a late switch. Um, so I'd, I'd be pretty concerned about getting Tyrone Peachy in because, one, he's not a very good player at this point of his career, and, two, I just can't see them persisting with him at centre. So I just would not bother at all. Um, I'm going to move straight past the Tigers, and we're going to go into the next game of the Warriors and the Roosters. Warriors side, 
are going to fight the Dylan Walker charge. So they're going to try and get Dylan Walker to play. Obviously, he may be out, and with along with that, we've still got Barnett out, and we've also now got Tohu Harris out as well. So it, it is going to be a tough struggle for the New Zealand Warriors. They are playing at Mount Smart, which is going to help them out a lot. Um, Josh Curran's super interesting. Like, if he is in your draft sides, uh, and it, I should say, if he's on your waivers for your draft sides, Jeez, try and get him in because um, he's going to be starting 13 and he's going to have to play big minutes. He, he only played 24 minutes last week. Uh, at 512000 he's just he's a bit too expensive to bother getting in at the moment. Um, but, you know, 60 break even, you might be able to have a look in a, you know, another week after this game and see what the rotation is. Uh, I think Barnett's a few weeks away and obviously Tohu's out for a while. So he might be a good round 13 number. But I think that his his draft value is going to be huge. If you can nab him in draft off your free agency list, he's going to be playing bolt minutes this week because they're going to need him to. Uh, on the Rooster side of things, obviously uh, we end up with Daniel Tupou out with his hamstring. It's um, a big blow, but Corey Allen comes in. Corey Allen, I've seen a few desperate sides say, oh, can Corey Allen be a bit of a downgrade? 258000 He's not going to go up in money this week, so that's one thing. Um, he's got a 38 break even at the moment. That doesn't mean much because he's only played one game for 56 minutes and 20 points. So if you really want to have a look at Corey Allen, maybe wait a week. But the problem is that when Sam Walker comes back in, the very likely scenario is that Joseph Manu goes back to centre and Corey Allen drops out. And they played Paul Momorowski, for example, on a wing before. You know, that can happen. It's I just think that Corey Allen is the first guy that leaves that back line once Sam Walker comes back. And I don't think that Sam Walker is going to spend more than the next fortnight in reserve grade. Um, I actually wouldn't be surprised if next week uh, he's back in and you're going to get one game of six out of Manu and two games out of Corey Allen on the season isn't even going to give a price rise and then he's going to be out of the side. So, you know, Corey Allen is going to be a, a waste to get in at the moment. Um, rest of the side, Angus gets benched, which is um, really good to note because during this origin period, if he doesn't get picked for New South Wales... He's going to obviously get pretty cheap, and he's going to be a huge buy. So a big watch on that. Uh, but look, Roos is playing away at Mount Smart. It's not an easy game, but I think that the outs for New Zealand make it a lot easier. So certainly, if you wanted to to roll with a pod option later on, like if you wanted to be also super, um, I guess, conservative and go the VC on a Cleary uh, or a VC on Latrell or something like that, you could look at a captaincy option on Joey Manu. I do think that 80 is going to be his floor at six. So, And we've seen that in the past, right? Like it's it's really been an 80 floor when he's playing six or one. And a lot of the time, he's got a huge conversion rate of putting up a ton when he's starting at six or one. Against New Zealand, I don't think it's going to be any different. So he's going to be a pretty safe captaincy option just because of his base base attack, if anything. Uh, I definitely see him as a, a big option. Moving along to Dragons and the Bulldogs. Dragons are playing at Wynn Stadium, uh, hugely better than playing away. Uh, I don't think there's a huge amount happening in this game, though. We've already spoken a lot about Tyrell Sloan. There obviously isn't going to be any uh, huge buys outside of that, aside from Jack Bird. So Bird has come up a fair bit in the last month of footy. He's been good, but not great. And obviously the podcast can't go for four hours because they already go for long enough. So we haven't really fit in much talk about Jack Bird. So I will mention him. He's a center wing second row jewel, which is really handy. He's got a 44 raw base on the year. He scored 80 points on the weekend with his first try of the year. Um, so that was a really good score. Uh, before that, he's been pretty solid, 60, 75, 74. I don't like him as much starting on an edge. I'd rather him playing big minutes in the middle, but he has you know, undeniably um, been going well this year at 64 points per game. I've just not been able to get around the price point. You know, 622000 uh, even a month ago, you were paying 550000 for him. He's just not been cheap enough for me to buy into. Uh, I don't think that he's got a, a fantastic ceiling, but obviously his floor has been really good. So, you know, I, I just... I'm all about the centre wing this year having some upside because I think there's a lot of different options in centre wing that are going to give you huge upside at the moment. There just seems to be a lot of good centre wing options. You know, you're, I spoke about Ronnie Militalo having no scores below 60 since round one and also those big scores as well and having a good run coming up too. You know, he's only 70-odd K more than what Jack Bird is at the moment. Uh, so I'd much rather 
just spend that 70k and get someone like Militalo in who's going to have the upside to get those 100 pluses, 120 pluses, which Jack Bird just doesn't have. He's not going to get you a 125 point game. Militalo can do that, uh, and he already is giving you a good floor like Jack Bird's going to give. Wouldn't talk anyone out of Jack Bird. He's going to cover round 13, which is really important, and he also plays that round 14 tricky period as well with the three teams on the buy. So Bird is an option. I'll throw it out there. Um, I'm going to go for the upside guys. On the Bulldog side of things, obviously the big news is that Matt Burton's going to move to seven and Josh Reynolds is starting at six. Um, but the young fella, uh, Carl Alopu, is going to be in jersey 20 at the moment and I think he's going to get a run somehow. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a late switch and he, he starts and Reynolds is back on the bench. Matt Burton at seven I really like. Um, I'm going to keep holding him, but obviously couldn't advise anyone to buy him. Uh, I did get asked a question uh, a few times this week, you know, if I've got Tapney already and I don't want Horsburgh or some of these other options that are a bit risky, is there anyone else? I tell you, when we get past that round 13 buy, Max King is, is really going to cement himself as a, as a real buy in that front row forward spot, um, particularly because, like Horsburgh, he's got that, that dual flexibility. He's dropped off a little bit on the weekend. He only played um, the 59 minutes which is lower than his couple of weeks before, and he only scored 49 points. Um, but he has been really solid this year. So, I mean, look, that's that's the other potential. Um, but really, we're clutching at straws here with the Bulldogs. They haven't looked fantastic. They've been pillaged by injuries. Uh, this is a tough away game against the Dragons at Wynn Stadium. I'd certainly play everybody in this game. Um, I wouldn't be comfortable buying players in this game, um, aside from Tyrell Sloan, who looks okay for this week. Um, Matt Burton, I'm hoping for a big game, but yeah, like I said, couldn't advise buying him. Obviously, we've got the storm on the buy, so that is the round, everyone. So I apologize that we had to get a quick podcast out. I've actually had hardly any time to edit it properly at all. So if I'm sounding croaky, if the, if the edit's not that good, I apologize. Just wanted to keep it to a quick hour and just get everything in as much as I could and just get it out there so people could listen because we've got like hardly any time at all before the round's actually going to kick off and I want you all to be able to listen to the podcast. So Next round, back to normal, thankfully, uh, Tuesday TLT, so we can get a podcast up. We are going to have an exciting announcement next week, too, where we have a brand-new sponsored partner of the All-Stars podcast that I'm excited to talk about, so stay tuned for that. And next week, going back to normal, we'll, we'll also have the Talk and Footy podcast, too. So Billy is raring to go next week, so you'll hear Billy on the Tuesday podcast for Supercoach and another special guest for the Thursday podcast, too. So really tough round this week. Good luck with your Supercoach decisions because it is one of those really hard weeks where there is a lot of different options to decide between. Hopefully it helped you out a little bit, but if you want to download, stream, subscribe to the podcast, make sure that you jump on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, or SoundCloud. We are everywhere. Do subscribe because it makes it a lot easier and you can get the the podcast straight away. Uh, Also share around too. We've been um, getting some great new listeners lately again, which is really nice to see. Uh, And also follow us on Twitter, NRL underscore SC underscore all-stars. Follow us there. You get all the updated uh, podcasts when they come out too. I'll let you know about them and send the links. But until then, enjoy this round of footy. It's going to be an absolute banger. There's some great matchups and really big super coach decisions. Can't wait to chat about it all again next week. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on. Go.